Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 49 of Talk is Chief, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, joined as always by Jordan Renan, James Kratz. They cover the Giants for NJ Advanced Media, and we now are just about a week away from the 2016 NFL Draft, the first round coming up on Thursday night. It has been a week of news, a week of change within the top 10. We'll get to all that and where we feel the Giants uh, might be going as we sit here uh, just about a week out. Jordan, how are you, bud? Good. It changes by the second, Joe. I mean, we might we might be done with this podcast, and we might have a different view on who's going to fall and who's going to who's going to rise at this point. It's uh, crazy season. It is crazy season. It's one of those times where, uh, like you said, you feel something one day, and then everything kind of changes the next. So let's before we get into some over unders, before we get into the Giants, you know, and from just their perspective as we sit here about a week out. Let's talk about what happened last week that really shook up everything. I know you guys wrote about it in terms of how it would affect the Giants. So last week, uh, probably right around the time we were done with our podcast last week, the Rams and Titans pull off a blockbuster. It's now the Los Angeles Rams that won. The Titans move back to 15. Uh, Jordan, for you, when you first heard about the deal, uh, what's the first thing you thought of from the Giants' perspective of of how this kind of might shake things up? Well, it increases, obviously, greatly increases the chances that multiple quarterbacks are taken in the first nine picks. Uh, the St. Louis Rams are making that move into the number one spot to get a quarterback. I don't think anybody thinks differently. I mean, that, they just you know put their whole next two, or two drafts on the line with this one pick here, and you're only doing that if it's a quarterback. So... Uh, now the thing is, who else in the top 10 is going to take a quarterback? The initial thought was the Cleveland Browns. I'm starting to waver on that a little bit. Uh, they're trying to get out of that two spot. Is All right, so let's say now the scenario falls in. If the Rams go Carson Wentz with the number one pick, who wants Jared Goff? And then, then there's the other way around where I think if the Rams somehow went with Jared Goff, I think there'd be a lot of teams lined up for Carson Wentz. I'm not so sure how many teams are going to be lined up for Jared Goff. That, that's the thing that, that I'm, I'm – I did a mock draft today. What's today is Monday. And I had Goff fall until 19 because when I looked at it, I, the Browns want to get out of that two spot, they say. My gut tells me – I don't know if you agree with this, Joe. Wentz was the Eagles guy. They were, they were going to try and make that move up for Wentz. I do agree with that. Wentz seemed to be the guy the Eagles have wanted the whole time here that they really, really thought could be a good player and maybe would want to move up. I, I'm with you, Jordan. The whole everything in this draft now hinges on what the Rams do, and it, I, I don't know what your take on this, but I find the whole thing, and it might just be posturing, it might just be nonsense as we are a week out. But are you a little surprised that they they're making it seem like they're still in deliberation? They know who they want. Come on. Okay. So you. Did you not, believe? Do you believe they knew? Line and not knowing who you and, and doing it. Say, oh, we'll see which guy we like. Come on, you're doing that for your guy. You think is going to be your quarterback for the next 10, 15 years? They better know who that guy is. If they is, if they don't, then uh, if they is, what the heck is that? <laughs> you know, if they don't, what, you know, they they've got major problems as a franchise because that's one of the dumbest things, I, dumbest moves I've ever heard of in my life. I tend to agree with you. <laughs> I, I would think there's no way you make the deal unless you know. But then. Why have we heard that? Like, where does that come from? It doesn't behoove them. It's not like they're trading back. Like, wh- why are they doing that? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know the real reason behind it. Maybe they just want to double check on everything. Maybe they've just been told to keep it quiet for a little bit to keep the suspense up. I mean, you, you just don't normally hear about teams two weeks ahead of time saying who they're going to draft. 
even when you know, everybody knew they were going to take Clowney a couple of years ago. Who was number one last year? Oh, last, Jameis Winston. Right, we didn't Winston, know about Winston Ariel, yeah. weeks before. I mean, I think it's sort of, uh, you know, shh, you know, hush, hush. Let's keep this uh, suspense going for at least a little bit until a couple of days before the draft. Right, and then that makes sense. And I, I but, would think I would think it'd be Wentz, but like you just said there, if it turns out to be Goff, that that might change the whole thing because maybe the Browns want to take him then or they could trade out for a ransom. Yeah, then I think there'll be a bunch of teams, especially the Eagles, trying to move up to that two spot if they took Goff at one. My question is this to you, Joe, right? Let's say number one goes Carson Wentz, right? Mm-hmm. The Browns don't like... Jared Goff that much. They're not willing to do that at number two, okay? We don't think the Eagles are dying for Goff, right? And right. I had heard that the 49ers weren't crazy about these quarterbacks either. So where, where are they going? Who's, going? who's trading up or who's jumping up or who's taking Jared Goff? It's a great question. I mean, the, the, the one natural fit in front of the Giants, if he just starts to fall, and I don't know if they like him or not, but would be uh, the 49ers, who right now – you know, they, I don't think they have quarterback locked in long-term, even though Kaepernick's still there as of today, as of recording this podcast. Chip there maybe wants his own guy. I have no idea if they like off, but if it's not the 49ers at seven and, and everything else you just said makes sense, I don't know where Jared Goff goes. He might fall like you put in your mock draft. Yeah, I mean, he'd be Aaron Rodgers, right? It'd be kind of the same thing. I forget where Aaron Rodgers went, 20-something. I had Goff fallen to 19, but... You know, that's the scenario. But uh, initial thought was, okay, the, the, the Rams move up. They get the number one pick. The odds of two quarterbacks increases. Okay, good for the Giants, you know. Two quarterbacks and Ezekiel Elliott in the top three. And, uh, you know, those are positions that aren't exactly ideal for them. And then they have a better chance to get, a, you know, a, a stud defensive guy or one of the offensive tackles. But if not, then, you know, who knows. And plus now, Joe, we got the – the whole Miles Jack thing, uh, where obviously some teams are very concerned about his knee. Right, the injury concerns, these trade scenarios, there's so much leading up to it. And just to wrap up the, the Goff fall-down possibility and, and how ironic it would be, because you mentioned uh, Aaron Rodgers there. Aaron Rodgers obviously went to Cal, just like Jared Goff. So we could you know, kind of be repeating that, and we're watching a, a Cal quarterback fall. For you, James, uh, as we move uh, towards this, NFL draft next week. What was your initial thought on what would you, what Jordan and I were just kind of opening up with uh, the trade last week with the Rams and the Titans and really what it means for the Giants? My initial thought was, well, first off, that's all. I think the Titans fleece the Rams. Um, even if that's their quarterback? Even if they get a stud quarterback, though? Uh, yeah, I mean, first off, I don't, I don't really subscribe to the theory that Goff or Wentz or this – Either of them are a can't-miss prospect. And, you know, I know this is going to sound – but, I mean, I know it's a different world, but the Giants didn't even give up that much relay. So I just thought the Titans won, won the trade. And, you know, they had the number four out. pick, though. Right, they were going – they difference. were trading four and one. No, that is true. Um, you traded I, I just four, you're only dropping down three spots. You're not dropping down 14 spots. That's it, was that, really that, an un, it was really an unprecedented deal from where they came from. Yeah, no, I mean, I understand, you know, they're going for it and they want to generate some buzz, but do I, do you really think that one of those two guys is, you, know, you probably can get Paxton Lynch at 15, and I don't necessarily think that there's a major drop, I don't know, I thought the Titans won the deal going away. Um, for the Giants, I, I think what you guys were talking about, definitely, it makes it look like there's going to be two quarterbacks that are going to go, 
in the top nine, which helps the Giants immensely because someone is dropping down. So, you know, I think it's definitely a, a good thing for the Giants. It feels like it, certainly. If, those, if two quarterbacks go in front of the Giants, like Jordan was just saying a few minutes ago, it gives them uh, options there because other players will be left. Now, Jordan, a few minutes ago you mentioned uh, what everyone is talking about the day we record this podcast. That is Miles Jack, the linebacker, uh, and he also was a running back at UCLA, has a knee situation. Uh, I've seen some tweets comparing it to Jonathan Vilma back in the day. Uh, he did not have a very, very long career. Um, what are the thoughts on him? And, and really, that's a scenario that could be fascinating for the Giants at 10 because, uh, to me, Jack, if he's healthy, is a top five, top six pick. Like, I wouldn't think he'd be there for the Giants, but now uh, that things could get complicated. Yeah, hey, if he falls down, I, I don't think that's a bad thing for the Giants. That just gives them more options. I, and I don't – I wouldn't totally take, you know, Miles Jack off the Giants' board. I don't – I don't know. I, I know that sometimes they've, they've been a little stricter with their medicals. Uh, they, they failed O'Brien Schofield a couple of years ago. This wasn't draft, but this was free agency after they were, went to sign him. They failed his physical. I mean, physicals are totally subjective, though, so you never know what a team feels on a guy. And, you know, Miles Jack was near the top of their board. He, you know, there's some people who think he's the single best player in this draft. Uh, and our Mark Eckel had a, has a quote from somebody and uh, some scout saying he thought he was the safest pick in the draft. So, uh, you know, in regards to playing skill, Miles Jack is an absolute stud who they would, if, if all things are clear, they would run to the podium and draft him. I think the only way they wouldn't uh, take Miles Jack if he was available at number 10 is if they basically just couldn't pass him on the physical part about it. So, uh, you know... Miles Jack is a guy that definitely, if he makes it to 10, would in- make things interesting for the Giants. Jordan, what do you think about the idea? And I heard Mel Kuyper uh, had talked about this about a month ago. I heard him say it, and it got me thinking just about the idea of players that have red flags for an injury, whether it be just they were hurt during their senior year and they might have just not had a great year, but they're healthy now, or this Jack thing where it's, you know, it's subjective and you don't really know what you're getting in a, in a way, uh, Kuiper was saying, and I agree with him, these players could become almost steals, and it's like an inefficiency if you know a player that's supposed to be the second or third or best player in the draft falls to you at 10. I mean, that's something to think about. And look, I mean, it, you might get burned if you do it often, but what do you think about the idea of taking players with red flags if they're a lot better than the slot you're sitting at, potentially? Yeah, I mean, that's a loaded question. It really depends on the individual. There's a lot of moving, you know, moving factors in this. Uh, injury, hey, you know, you better hope the guy's healthy. Uh, if, he, if he breaks down and falls apart, you know, granted, it can happen to everybody. That, that's the thing in this game, you know, anybody can have injury and their, their body cannot hold up. It's, it, it's, it's a prediction business in that, in that regard, too. So, and, and you know what? When it comes to injury, I see as long as he can, the, the individual, if they're worried about like long term whether his body can hold up, that doesn't bother me as much. And that's kind of what we're talking about here with Miles Jack. Because really, whose body can hold up? If you get your five, six, seven years in the league, I think everybody goes home happy. It's only a matter of whether, if, if his knee can't last two years, then yeah, sure. You know, I mean, if, if the guy's knee is going to last five years, six years, seven years, you know, you take your five to seven years and you go home happy with pretty much any draft pick. 
Is this not – you don't draft every guy and get 10, 12 years all pro. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the rarity. That's not the norm. So I, I could see the injured side of them. The character side, I think, when, when guys are red flagged for character issues and trouble, that seems to come back and haunt more than anything. I agree with that, and that's the one that I think concerns you probably the most of all this stuff because that's a, that might be a character flaw, and that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of these GMs, too, like you can't really, for a football team, think four or five or six or seven or ten years down the line. It's just it doesn't work that way. James, for you, yes. when it comes to all the news about Miles Jack, and I think all three of us, you know, every mock draft we've done or talked about on this podcast, we've had him off the board before the Giants were up at number 10. Mm-hmm. Now, with the concerns around his knee, uh, at least that's up in the air. What are your thoughts, number one, on Jack as a player? And then, two, uh, just the idea of maybe taking a risk if he's there. It's kind of interesting. So um, if people who read NJ.com, I believe it was Wednesday. Uh, there was an event in the city, a promotional thing, and Miles Jack was there. I actually got a chance to talk to him. Um, he's a guy who, first off, as a player, he's tremendous. I think that if he's healthy, he could be – the middle linebacker potentially, the, you know, the Giants dream about. Um, he can do everything. I think he's the, a modern football player. He was a guy who you could tell he liked New York. He liked being in New York. And I, he was told me he really has thought about the idea of being a Giant. It seemed like something he would like. And that's great. But the, I just think that you have to be concerned about this knee. And, you know, there was someone in his camp who was there who, was, you know, he actually was there Wednesday and he was going Thursday for his rechecking in Indianapolis. And someone in his camp said, you know, we know that there are going to be rumors coming out there no matter what happens on Thursday. And they were right. But it just seems like the level of rumors and the level of the concern that's out there, it, it, I just don't think it can't all just be written off as posturing by some team hoping that they can, you know, psych people out to get him. I think there has to be a major concern and you really can't speak to it until, you know, you know what a team or you see the medical report. So if he's there at 10 and the giants think he's healthy, they should sprint to the podium. But I still don't think he'll be there at 10, even with all the stuff that's out there. I just have a feeling that he's still going to go in the top nine. Yeah, I would think so too. With a player that is the kind of pedigree he has, and as good as he's been, and is is highly, you know, people would think of him. Jordan, you were saying a few minutes ago, the uh, scout that Mark Eckel talked to, saying he might be the best player in the draft. So uh, he's probably going to be gone. But if he isn't, it obviously adds a little bit of intrigue here for the Giants, a player we we didn't think uh, would be there before. So Jordan, I want to throw this one at you. We heard we heard a couple months ago, I guess, that the Giants were going to work out or talk to Laquan Treadwell, the wide receiver from. Ole Miss. Then we find out he was going to visit with them uh, right before we record this podcast, right before the draft. So we've talked about Treadwell and what he is, and this isn't a great wide receiver class. It does seem, though, the Giants have shown interest in him, at least these pre-draft type of interest. Um, Have your thoughts on the Giants and Treadwell changed at all? And he doesn't seem like he's this elite wide receiver prospect, but they do seem to like him. Yeah, I have heard there are people in the in there that like him. Um, I've never heard anybody, you know, within the organization that somebody, you know, that they didn't like him as a prospect. Uh, my my interpretation though, all along has been that just not so sure if they view him as a top ten type prospect. Uh, you know, he's he's not Sammy Watkins. 
or Odell Beckham or even Mike Evans or that level of player that we've seen the last couple of years at wide receiver. Uh, so, you know, hey, you know what? When they bring in guys for the pre-draft visit, which they did, they actually sent, uh, you know, Jerry Reese, was, we know, was down at the old Miss workout too. Uh, you know, that is definitely noteworthy. Um, but usually when they bring guys in for the pre-draft visits because they have questions about them, medical or personality, or they just want to know more about the guy. They need more. They need more to complete their file on a guy. So I think that's the case here. Uh, you know, if you told me the Giants moved down in the draft, Tennessee wanted to get back up, they dropped down to 15, I think, you know, Treadwell would be way more in play if you're talking about the 15th pick. But just the 10th pick, I, I'm just not so sure I see it. So, uh, But there's definitely, obviously, they, they see enough in him as a player that they're doing their homework. They're doing all their research. They're covering every, you know, every angle, dotting all their I's, crossing all their T's when it comes to Laquan Treadwell. So uh, Robert Nakimdiche also as well. He's another guy who's going to be in for uh, a visit. So, uh, you know, he obviously is a different – he's a strange bird from everything I've heard. Uh, he has off-the-field kind of stuff. He, you know, he got in trouble with the hotel room of falling off the balcony. So that one you could, you could see, you know, a little more why they're bringing him in for the visit. They want to know what this guy's all about. So uh, with Treadwell, maybe it's the same thing. Maybe, maybe it's that they really do have interest in him at 10. I just don't see it as the most likely option. It's an option, but an outside option. And just to piggyback off Nkemdiche, uh, we're taping this on a Monday, so uh, Seth Wickersham, ESPN the Magazine, uh, ESPN.com published a big feature on him. The guy wants to buy a pet panther after he gets drafted. That scares I, me right I away. I, like, it, it seems like, you know, the, the feature is really fascinating. People should definitely go read it. And it seems like he's a guy who means well. doesn't seem like he's a bad guy. It's just... When you want to go buy a, when that's your first thought, and like somebody apparently in the story tells him, like, dude, that's crazy. He goes, no, it's not. It's like a panther. It's like a cat. I mean, it's just, do the Giants really want to bring a guy in who's going to tell the New York press corps that he's going to go buy a panther? They're also worried about his brother. That's, that's a concern. Yeah, that's they, talk, they talk about it in there. I've heard that as well. I heard that a while ago. They're worried about his brother's influence on him, you know. And it gets into his family. It's his. I guess his mom moved back to Nigeria and became a politician. And I guess he lived with like his. You know, he spent a good portion of high school living with his coaches. It's. It just seems like he's a guy who there's a lot going on there, and he has undoubted talent. I mean, you watch the guy's film. He was number one recruit in the nation coming out of high school. Um, he's a stud, but it's a big risk to take and it's a guy who I think the Giants are going to do their due diligence on and maybe if he's there at 40 they'll think about him but you know this seems like there's a lot of lot going on there for him two things about him uh one as our producer of this podcast Andrew Zuckerman just messaged me it sounds like uh right out of an episode of HBO's Ballers with this kid <laughs> and then uh, I'm looking at an excerpt of the of the article that you just mentioned James uh, this was this was tweeted out, and I saw it on my, on my Twitter timeline earlier today. I didn't know what it was from, and now I see the link below it to this article that you mentioned. So this is where it's from. In this excerpt I have in front of me, uh, he's, he is chugging Mountain Dew, uh, eavesdropping on a conversation between two 80-something-year-old men, and then there's the part about the Panthers, and he watches Instagram videos of domesticated Panthers. So, I mean, none of this is bad, but we're, we're obviously talking about a, 
a different character here who does have some other red flags, like Jordan, you mentioned, off the field. He, I mean, but he's a fascinating prospect wherever he lands. That's the thing was we're talking about risk and reward, and you have to weigh the risk and say, all right, what are the chances that this is going to go bad? And that's pretty much what they're doing here. Like, here's what, here's you know, what the kid is. I shouldn't say kid. I should say young man. Here's what the young man is. What? Are, how much risk is there involved in this? Uh, and this is kind of what we were saying before, Joe. These off the field red flags and those kind of things. To me, those as a person gets older and you invest a significant amount of time in them, they seem to rear their ugly head more often than not. They do. Uh, to go just quickly back to Treadwell for a second, James, just want your thoughts mm-hmm. on him. We, we've talked about him in the past. And is there in any, in your mind, because I was thinking about this the other day with Treadwell, he doesn't seem to profile as this all pro, number one, top five, top 10 wide receiver. But is there any thought to you that maybe the Giants look at him as, as a nice, ideal fit next to Odell Beckham for the long term? Like they don't really need a number one. I mean, you can't have too much talent, obviously, but they don't need a number one and he would maybe be a perfect two to, to Beckham? Do you think they think like that, or is that uh, too broad of an approach when you're taking a prospect at number 10? I mean, they might think like that, and I think there's probably a really good argument that he would complement Odell Beckham well. And he could. I think he's going to be a good, good receiver in the league. There's no doubt about it. But what I keep on coming back to with the Giants at number 10 is they have a defense where they, they've made some good moves on that side of the ball with free agency, but they still have a lot of work to do. And as Jordan and I have written and talked about, you know, these moves aren't permanent. I mean, all three of the line, middle linebackers are on one-year deals. JPP is a one-year deal. Hankins is about to hit the open market. You know, DRC, we talked about last week, is probably a guy who might, who's in line to potentially get cut after this season. They still have a lot of work to do on that side of the ball. Pew's contract's really, up. I mean, even if they, they will pick up the 50-year option, but it's yeah. up. If he gets injured, all of a sudden, you, you know, yeah. they could pull that 50-year option in a second when they do put yeah. it out there. So I guess my point is, knowing that you have a lot of big decisions to make, especially on the defensive side of the ball, do you go out and draft at number 10 a number two wide receiver? That's here's a hard, my, it's here's hard my to thing. sell that. It's hard to sell that. Here's my thing. You're not drafting a guy at number 10 and be like, we will, oh, he'll be a good player. You, you've got to draft a guy that you think is going to be a great player. You know, that you think can be an all-pro player. If you don't think – you don't just say, oh, I'm looking for my – I'm looking for my number two receiver who would be a good compliment to Odell Beckham. He gets eight, nine hundred yards a year and six or seven touchdowns. Oh, that's perfect next to Beckham. I'm going to draft him at number 10. You don't draft that guy at number 10. That's not, yeah, I mean, that, that's not what you're hoping for. You, you want way, you're, you're dreaming higher than that. If, if that, no. you know, you better, you better think he's, he could be Beckham and then you worry about your other assets, you know? Yeah, or like, oh, we're going to draft a right tackle at number 10. I mean, I think it's the same thing. I mean, it's just these. There are certain, you know, there's 11 positions on the field, but they're not all of equal importance. And I just think you need an impact playmaker. If Treadwell ran a four four forty, then it might be a little different situation. But I just think he's a guy. He's a good. He's gonna be a good player, but he's not ever gonna be your number one wide receiver. And you have so many other issues elsewhere. You just he's not a guy I would take at number ten. But ultimately, the Giants make the call, and it's up to them who they take. But if I saw a guy and I was like, "Oh, he's going to be just as good as Beckham," and I, I thought he oh, was yeah, there I at number, that. and I thought he was there at number ten, I wouldn't care if he's my number two receiver because I'll have a one A and one B. 
Oh, no, I totally that's, that's get that. That's what the thinking has to be if you're going to take a wide receiver at 10. You can't think, oh, let's go for – this guy's a perfect number two. He'll be good in that spot. you gotta you got to have a higher ceiling than that. Yeah, you have to, right? And I imagine if they did take Treadwell, I, I would be shocked if after the first round ends, Jerry Reese, you know, in front of you guys over at the Giants complex, gets up there and says, we think this kid could be a really good number two in the NFL. Like, he would probably say something, like you just said, Jordan, to the effect of, we think he could be a 1A to, to Beckham or 1B to Beckham. That's how good we think he is. So I'm, I'm on board with you guys, and I, I think most fans probably would be too, that you don't just take a, uh, a guy just to fit into a secondary role at number 10. You really have to, you really have to think the guy could be a tremendous player um, in the NFL. Before we get to our, our draft picks here, where we stand now just a week out, before we uh, give you what we're feeling uh, and what with the Giants pick at number 10, let's, let's get into some over-unders here. I have three over-unders. Uh, about kind of referencing the Giants pick and the first round as a whole. You guys ready? Let's go. Let's do it. All right. We'll, go to, we'll go to Jordan and then James on all these. Quarterbacks taken before the Giants pick at number 10. We kind of referenced this before we opened up with the scenarios that are now in play, uh, but we don't know past the Rams which team is going to take a quarterback. So uh, we'll put you on the spot. Quarterbacks taken before the Giants are on the board at 10. Over, under, one and a half, Jordan. Oh, God, you know, I, I don't – I it's like the scenario we went before with Goff. I'm, I'm going to go – even though in my mock draft I said he's going to slide till 19. You know what? I'll stick with that. I'm going to say under. I'm going to go – I'm going to be – I'm going to be the guy going out on a limb and say the under here. James, how about for you? Over or under one and a half quarterbacks before number 10? I'm going to say over. Um, I definitely think you're going to see a QB go number two. I don't know if Cleveland's going to do it. Or they're going to trade with somebody. Um, you know, I, I don't know who would be. I, I even could see three happening. I mean, the Eagles appear pretty hell bent on getting a quarterback. So does someone, you know, if somehow you know the Jets beat them to the trade to the Browns for some reason, do they just go? Hey, we're going to take Paxton Lynch at eight. So I definitely think two go, and I don't think it's out of the possibility realm of possibility that three go. Which would I'm just, just not be, a big Goff fan. That's 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 what it basically boils down to. Which is so weird because it's like it seems like no one's a Goff fan, but everyone thinks Goff's the best. It, it, it's it's a weird quarterback class. I think Goff's probably the, the safest in terms of people saw him the most, and and you know you could probably say, all right, I, I know what this guy is. I mean, to be honest, I think most people that that are not either big time college fans or don't study it probably. You know, have never seen a game or, or seen few, if that, that Wentz certainly played, but even Lynch at Memphis. I mean, I think most people probably didn't see him often. So I think Goff's probably the easiest one to just have an opinion on, positive or negative. That, that might, be, might be part of it. All right, I will go on this one. Let me just say this the people that I've talked to, like over the last couple months on Goff, like that are in the league, mm-hmm. it's like two or three teams over, over the last, like, you know, three or four months, whatever, since the combine, whatever it is, two, two plus months. None of them love Goff, so that's why it makes me think that maybe the Goff love is outside the league more than it is inside the league. Could be, right? It could be, it could be people just watching college football, and they've, they saw him a lot because he played in the Pac-12. He played at a big school. That, that could be it. That now is weird. Be, though, now, now he'll just be the number, now he'll just be the number one all, overall pick. So who right. <laughs> but, That's the Rams. But what you said, Joe, is interesting. It's like, oh, we have three quarterbacks. Goff. Yes, people saw him, but you know, East Coast people have to stay up late and see him. He was in the Pac-12. 
Wentz, I mean, and I don't stunk. think... Cal stunk for the last yeah. three years. North Dakota State plays like one game a year on national television. That's when they win a national title on like ESPN2. It's Saturday at 11 Nobody, Nobody watched Wentz play. If okay. you told me to play a lot of games, you're lying. And then Paxton Lynch at Memphis. I mean, I, if you, like, I don't know, was he like ESPNU? Like, you know. So three quarterbacks who all have big names, but we, they don't really have major national profiles, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it is. I feel like the probably the quarterbacks, the three quarterbacks I could think of off the top of my head in this class that actually have the, the national profiles for one reason or another would be Cardell Jones. Connor Cook. Connor Cook and Christian Hackenberg. And they're all, you know, below the three we're talking about in terms of, you know, where they're going to go in this draft unless, you know, maybe Cook somehow beats uh, Lynch. But for the most part, Hackenberg and Jones are, are well beyond these guys. But those are the – it's weird. Yeah, the big names, the guys we know so much about or saw the most – uh, they're not the ones that are near the top here. All right, our set. Well, I will go with I will go with over one and a half. I, I think there'll be two quarterbacks taken before the Giants. Now, who, our, who do you, who do you think's the second team that takes a quarterback, Joe? I think I think that I have a weird feeling Goff's going to be number one, and the Eagles are going to trade up to two to get Wentz. So they're going to trade a lot to go from eight to two to get Wentz. Yeah, well, Cleveland Cleveland's in a great spot if Goff goes number one in my oh, estimation. Oh, perfect, because they can you take feel the like, Right, or they yeah. can trade and, and you just feel like the Eagles, that's their spot. I mean, they, they were trying to move up. They're, you know, that's that's the guy they're trying to get. So if he's there, they would they would pay what they got to pay, you know, to get up there. And it's perfect symmetry because, you know, they all they've talked about is, you know, this is like Andy Reid 2.0 with Doug Peterson and Andy's first year, number two pick, they take Donovan and now – uh, they could do it again with maybe you know their new franchise quarterback. So I will go two quarterbacks before the Giants, over one and a half. All right, second over-under here. Trades on, during the draft, so not counting Rams-Titans that happened already. Trades on draft night before the Giants select, over-under one and a half, Jordan. I'm going to go under again because I'm going to say a couple might be done beforehand. No, you know what? They don't get done beforehand because you kind of wait to see how the board falls. So you know what? I'll go over. I'm going to go over. It's going to be a lot of trades in this draft, a lot of craziness. I think the Titans are a prime, prime candidate to move back into the top 10. I can see the 49ers moving down. The Ravens like to move around. Uh, Jacksonville has some resources. If they, you know, If somebody doesn't see Miles Jack as a guy that can pass their, you know, their stand, physical standards to, to draft that high. Another team does. So I'm going to say over. I'm, gonna, I'm expecting a lot of movement here in the draft. And like we just said, if, the, uh, you know, if Jared Goff goes number one and Wentz is there, they're, they're, you know, with the number two pick, that's one that's you know, right there that I, I think is 100% going to get done. James, how about you? Over, under, one and a half trades on draft night before the Giants are up. Uh, that's a good line. Um, I'm going to say over. I, I think that Cleveland will tr- trade out just because I think that one, you know, I, I think Peter King wrote this uh, in his MMQB column that th- they want to give Robert Griffin III a fair chance because they like him. And, you know, at least a year. I mean, as we said last week, Cleveland's going to be bad no matter what. So they're going to be doing this again next year. I don't think they have to take a quarterback. I think they trade out, and Jordan mentioned it, I think the Ravens will – someone will try to get to six, maybe not to get a quarterback, but maybe to get a Miles Jack or a Joey Bosa. Because one of those defensive players is going to drop a little bit. Even a guy like Tunsil could drop in theory if you have quarterbacks go one-two. 
could. And, and to go back to the point, Jordan, you made a few minutes ago about the Titans, uh, I think they have, what, six of the first 76 picks now? So they kind of control things. If they want to go back up and you know, get whoever, uh, go back from 15 and, and get maybe into the top 10 you know, ahead of the Giants, I'm, we're, clearly we got they got a have. lot of currency. That's what the GM said. we got a lot yep. of currency. A lot of currency. And, uh, and he came from uh, John Robinson, used to work with Belichick. So that, uh, I guess that fits Just the whole thing. They, they trade, uh, what, three, three or four trades a draft. They're yeah. They're crazy always, trades. always moving. All right, I will go over two. I think they'll be uh, – I'm with you, Jordan. I think this will be a trade-heavy draft, especially within the top ten and before the Giants are selected. All right, our final over-under here for this portion of the podcast. Uh, to go – to kind of play off the Laquan Treadwell thing and just – the idea of wide receivers in this draft, because we've gotten used to the last couple of years of a lot of wide receivers going and a lot of wide receivers having big impacts in the NFL pretty much off the bat. I mean, Beckham's draft class might go down as the best ever. It was certainly a ridiculous rookie year for those guys. Last year was pretty good as well. For you guys, as we go towards next week, first round wide receivers over under three and a half. Jordan? The reason this is big for the Giants is because if one of their guys that they like falls down to the beginning of the second round, what do they pick? Fortieth. Uh, then that you know, then that's a guy that they could definitely take. They see good value. It's a need for them. That's a much more likely spot to get your number two receiver in in the fortieth pick. Uh, and I even wrote about that the other day. Uh, that you know, with the fortieth pick, it's almost hard to even expect that guy to be your number two receiver year one. But I'm going to say under three and a half. I only I see three guys going off the board. I know in my last track, mock I did four. Uh, I, you know what? I'm sticking with my mock. Yeah, four. Corey Coleman will be the fourth. The, the, the wild card in there is Treadwell, Corey Coleman, uh, Will Fuller, Notre Dame guy, fast guy, uh, slightly better version of Devin Smith from what I've been told. That's the guy I kind of see sliding in there and docks into. So four for me. So that's an over. Four for Jordan. I like Doxon. I like all those kids, but Doxon's probably my favorite one there. Which for James, for you, over under three and a half wide receivers first round. I'll say under. Um, I think definitely think Treadwell goes in the first round. Doxon and uh, Coleman. Fuller, I don't know, but it just seems like he's he got some some tremendous speed, but People don't necessarily think he's got much else. So, you know, these, this isn't a great receiver class after what we've had the past few seasons. So I'll say three go, so un- under. Coleman's definitely a question mark, too. He's yeah. considered a pretty raw player by everyone I've, I've talked to. So I wouldn't, he, he's, no, he's no guarantee. I'm over three and a half with you. I just think that teams fall in love with these receivers. They see a playmaker, uh, and I think they'll find a way to – to sneak four in there in the first round of the draft. All right, so we went through our over-unders. We talked about this draft uh, as we were just about a week out. And now, as we've done the last few weeks, we're going to wrap the podcast with your feeling right now. If the draft was tonight, we'll go to Jordan James. I'll give my pick. Um, Who are the Giants taking in your mind and why? Right now, as we sit here doing this podcast, uh, what, 10 days, uh, 9, 10 days before the first round of the draft. What are you feeling right now, Jordan? I mean, I've been sticking with Leonard Floyd. I'm, I'm going to stay there for now. Uh, Miles Jack is an interesting one if he makes it to them. If he's cleared, he, will, he would be the choice over Floyd. I just don't know at this point, A, if he's going to be there, and B, if they have him as one of the teams that you know, are worried about his knee. So we'll see. But I, 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 my, 
my gut is still saying Floyd, so I'm sticking with that. I, I don't see them going with the offensive linemen unless, you know, it's an absolute disaster situation for them. Um, Treadwell, I think, is still a long shot. I, I've, I've opened the door a little more to that, but I'm not – but I, I'm still – to me, it's still a real long shot, a real long shot. So sticking with Leonard Floyd, linebacker from Georgia, athletic, long, uh, can do it all, play sideline to sideline, and a rush, a, a pass rusher from that position, or just a premium athlete from that position, is something this team so desperately needs for the last, you know, as long as I've been on the beat, at least, which is the last what three, four years, and longer, probably. Yeah, probably longer than that. They do need that, James. For you, so Jordan goes Leonard Floyd. Uh, a week out, the Giants' pick for you is. I'll also go with Leonard Floyd. Um... Just because if Jack is there and they like Jack's knee, then I think that would definitely be the pick. Um, if a guy like Bosa somehow fell to them, that would be the pick. I just think that all those guys are going to go and, you know, and doing some more stuff. It just looks like, you know, they're, look, Floyd definitely has question marks, but I don't think Vernon Hargreaves, the other guy we've talked about a lot, the cornerback from Florida – even if he's there, I, I don't know if he necessarily is that much of a no-doubt pick over Floyd. So as of now, I will say that Leonard Floyd is the pick. But if Jack is there and the Giants feel comfortable at his knee, I don't think there's any doubt they're taking him. Joe, you got to mix it up. What do you got? Come on. He's got to have something for us. All right, well, then I'll do this then. Because we first started this, I went with Floyd. And then the second week, I went with Ezekiel Elliott. Then I went back to Floyd last week when we kind of had our scenario of Hargraves or Floyd. <laughs> so I will go, I'll go with a changeup this week. Um, just based on the fact that they went to visit him at a pro day, the fact that they are going to bring him in for a pre-draft um, visit here, and the fact that you know wide receiver is a need for the Giants. I think maybe the Giants might see Treadwell maybe in a higher light than you and I and James, maybe all of us do. Maybe we don't see him as a number 1A or B or whatever you want to say. Maybe they do. So I'll throw a curveball, and I'll say the Giants surprise, and they go with the compliment to Odell Beckham Jr., Laquan Treadwell at number 10. Certainly could use weapons. I mean, you know, dynamic hey. weapons are good weapons. If they if they think Treadwell is a dy- it can be a dynamic offensive weapon, and they can sell it, then I could see them doing it, and you know maybe they should do it. Right, and then it would give them you know for the remainder of Eli's career, you would think two receivers, two young receivers uh, to build around, and then uh, whatever you get out of Victor Cruz is a bonus. So next week uh, we will be back with one more episode before the first round of the draft. Next week is going to be fun because we're going to have our own little uh, NFL mock draft here and we're going to bring on um, the guys that cover the Eagles for NJ Advanced Media. We're going to go through most of the first round kind of picking back and forth and I'll, I'll play the role of uh, I'll play the role of Roger Goodell and, and facilitate and we'll, we'll have the we'll have the draft and basically uh, we'll get you ready for what could be the first round. So a live podcast mock draft next week. You guys excited? Yeah, of course. Mock drafts. We love it. I love Can't it. wait. I don't know. I want to speak for James. I, no, mock drafts are a lot of fun. You know, it's just what I find so fascinating about mock drafts is that you see so many of them, and you know, so many of them just like some of them. I think really try to like narrow in, and you know, on what happens, and other things. Just like it, just it's fascinating to me to see the perception people have. Like there are so many mock drafts. You mentioned Elliot a second ago, Joe. 
that people just say the Giants running backs are horrible. They need to get Ezekiel Elliott. But the team is saying we like our running backs. So I just find there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there and you got to kind of cut through it and see what's what. You do. And, and next week we'll try to do it and uh, give you the best we can uh, right before the lead up to the actual first round next Thursday. Jordan, as always, thanks for doing this. Joe, I would nowhere else I'd rather be, which is a lie, but I'm going to say it again. Well, we're going to believe it, even though we know the (laughs) truth. Uh, James, as always, thanks, man. You got it, Joe. And thanks to all of you for listening right here to our Giants podcast, Talk a Sheet. Make sure to follow along on Twitter, to follow along uh, everywhere we are, NJ.com, and of course, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, however you want to listen, you can listen. We'll be back next week with our 50th episode and get you ready for the first round and the Giants pick at number 10. Thanks for listening.